If you're in need of a property insurance partner to help your business remain resilient, FM Global is the perfect choice. We employ science, data, and research to help assist you in making informed risk mitigation decisions. We will collaborate with you to identify and reduce risks linked to natural disasters while providing solutions that promote a more sustainable future. Let's prepare to prosper. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's uh, Josh Marion. It's Greg Badara joining us. Cam and Ton and Matt in Framingham. How's everybody doing? Good. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, man. All right. We're doing okay. Thanks for coming on. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, by the way, just a reminder, uh, bostonsportsjournal.com, highly recommended. Subscribe. I appreciate that. And actually, tomorrow, or I'm not sure when this is going to be published, but Tuesday, July 24th, is actually our one-year anniversary of uh, officially being in business, and it's uh, it's been an interesting first year. It's been a lot of fun. Um, we appreciate all the support from you know all you guys, the real fans, the real consumers. Sort of you know part of the reason why we did this is because you know we just thought that with the way things were going in the industry and the way things are going in this market, we just thought that you know there were some good veteran reporters available and looking for work. And, and, you know, the last thing a great sports town like Boston needs is a dwindling number of voices uh, covering their teams. And so, uh, you know, we decided to uh, band together, give it a go, and so far so good. And we're looking forward to, you know, even bigger and better things in our second year. And, um, you know, can't wait to get started. Uh, Of course, the Patriots are our bread and butter with myself and Chris Price on it. And, um, you know, I think you guys can attest that, um, you know, between my analysis and, and Chris doing his thing on the beat, um, that we are, we are, uh, we are definitely worth the about $2 and 50 cents a month, um, that you, uh, for, as far as your membership. So, you know, hopefully people, if uh, we'll have some free stuff this week to sort of remind people who we are, um, and hopefully people, more people jo- join up because um, what we're seeking is uh, to build a, a really nice community where you guys, the readers, the members, uh, sort of drive where we go with coverage because other places, they don't care what you guys have to say. We do. Um, so uh, we'll be listening, and, and we appreciate the support so far, and um, looking forward to a great second year. Hey man, it's good to have no, you. Thanks. I appreciate you having you on the show. Like, let's let's get into it now. Let's let's talk Patriots. Like, um, <laughs> looking at it from this point of view, the off season hasn't been great. Obviously, Brady and Belichick aren't seeing eye to eye. You know, Kraft got rid of Garoppolo. He obviously wasn't trading Brady. Your off season view. What 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 would you say about that? Hmm. Well, I mean, it's certainly been. Um... I would say, I I don't know if tumultuous is the right word, but it's definitely been odd. I mean, you know, look, I've been, um, you know, around here for a while. Um, Even when I was working in other places, Miami or or Green Bay, I always kept tabs on Boston and the Patriots and what was going on with them. I mean, number one, because we've never had an off-season like this, Greg. No, no. I mean, the, the big alarm bells for me is, you know, the thing that I worry about, a lot of people say it'll be fine. In 18 seasons, before. right? Yeah. I, 
I just worry about I the thing I worry about is Brady and him staying away so much. You know, I understand the pull of the family uh, and things like that, but look, you know, let's be honest here. You know, Brady became who he is by, like he said at the beginning of Tom versus Time, um, I'm prepared to give up my life. Are you going to give up yours? And that's the way he became the best, especially at age 40 and coming off an MVP season. He did not do that this off season. Um, you know, so that has me a little bit worried, especially with Amendola gone, Edelman suspended. Um, he's going to need contributions from, from new people. Uh, is he prepared to be on the same page with these guys um, from the get-go? I'm a bit worried about that, but, um, you know, Tom's entitled to try it this way. He certainly earned that rope, and uh, we'll just have to see how it plays out. Greg, back during the uh, mandatory minicamp, we had uh, Evan Lazar of the Boston Herald on the day, actually, that Edelman suspension was announced. And he said that during minicamp, it looked like Brady and Gronkowski had missed a beat. They were both still their all-world selves. Um, Gronkowski was great. Brady was uh, accurate and precise. Uh, is, can you confirm that? And back, if you're thinking back to the minicamp, like, you know, obviously those two were great, but who, who stood out because of who really struggled, if you remember? Um... You know, yeah, I mean, I would say that's true. I mean, I, you know, it wasn't a big surprise. And plus, you know, look, you know, any, I don't, I try not to weigh the offseason practices too heavily um, in terms of, you know, what people are doing and how they're executing because nobody has pads on. Um, and football isn't played that way. And so uh, I don't get too high on anybody. I don't get too low. It's just kind of, you know, they're trying to build knowledge and stack success um certainly brady and gronkowski did a nice job um as far as guys that sort of jumped out to me um i think that uh i thought as uh, for the wide receivers i thought that kenny Britt did a really nice job until he pulled up lame and now he's on pup for training camp and i'm sure he'll be off at some point um hogan did a nice job patterson actually he surprised me. He did. He was able to function a lot more in the office than I thought he was gonna be able to do. But I'm not. I'm not gonna get too excited about that yet because it was a pretty basic install at that point. Um, I thought Jordan Matthews didn't really. I mean, he didn't really jump out to me all that much um, either way, which is fine. Um, I thought Rex Burkhead among the running backs looked outstanding, um, which he has been known to do here when he's healthy the the question is can he stay healthy um so as far as offensive guys those are sort of the guys who jumped out i can't really remember anybody who really you know struggled but i i i do know i i'm not sure if he was still in school or i think he was hurt barrios i don't remember much of him philip dorsett i thought didn't continues to do a nice job um and, uh, you know, he's sort of like an X factor for this team for me this year. Greg, let me ask Greg, you a question about the roster in general. Um, I know we're kind of putting the cart before the horse, but if you can, any specific players that come to your mind that could be in danger of being losing their roster spot during training camp and the preseason? Uh, I do. I know that I wrote a column on that. I'm trying to 
call it up right now because I did go through that sort of guys who I thought was in danger. Uh, okay, here is my list. My column was diving into which players could be the surprise trade release before the season from June. Um, obviously, the leaders are Mike Gillisley, just because you know they drafted Sony Michelle. He didn't really fit before. Uh, See you later. Yeah, I mean, if if Michelle sort of you know catches on, um, I say Gillisley's um, pretty quickly a goner, or maybe he's used his trade bait. Uh, Dwayne Allen, we'll have to see oh how much he's improved. God. See you later. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Hill's a guy. Um, they signed but didn't invest very much. More a Cincinnati depth. Bengal. Yep. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, Malcolm Brown, possibly. They didn't pick up a No way. I love Malcolm. But come on, Greg, Malcolm Brown. Hey, I'm just I'm just tossing out names out there. I mean, you're asking me. Hey, Josh, can you let the guy talk, please? <laughs> I'm asking. You know, these are these are guys that I think could. I mean, you know, look, he's in his contract year. We've seen what they've done with some of these contract year guys, and I'm sure we'll get to Shaq Mason in a second. Um, you know, they brought in now. They have Danny Shelton. They have Lawrence Guy. Vincent Valentine's back healthy. Somebody's probably going to be the odd man out of that group. Uh, if it is, it could be Brown. I love Brown. I don't want him to go anywhere. But this is the type of situation where if somebody elsewhere, another team gets an interior line injury, um, you know, maybe that matches up with the Patriots having, you know, too much in the interior. It could be Vincent Valentine could be the guy who's traded. Um, but I want to see a little bit more from him. I like both guys. You know, as far as guys I had under long shots, um, you have to go with both the contract guys, Shaq Mason and Trey Flowers. I mean, you know, we've we've seen it before where they've traded guys in their contract year to sort of get the return now instead of waiting another year for the compensatory pick. I think that Shaq is definitely the more likely of the two than Trey Flowers because the Patriots don't have a lot of pass rush anyways. Skarnecchia can find another guard uh, if need be. So those are sort of the guys that I would start with and, and guys who I think – um, you know, need to show something and prove themselves to make sure that they're here on this roster. Greg, obviously you're big into offensive line play, as we've learned from your time on Felger and Mazin with the Boston Sports Journal. Uh, so I have to ask you, obviously the big part of the offseason, Nate Soldier signs with the New York Giants for a pretty massive contract that I'm pretty sure the Patriots had no intentions on matching. They draft Isaiah Wynn in the first round, but Evan told us during minicamp that he was lining up at guard. So... Who do you and then they trade for Trent Brown from San Francisco, who Vaughn Miller called the best tackle he's faced in the league. So who do you anticipate if you had to predict now at the start of camp, who was the favorite to land a left tackle job? Uh, right now I would have to say uh, it's a good question. You know, if people all stay healthy, I think maybe Waddle has the Adrian Waddle has the best chance. Um, I need to see more from Brown before I totally give up that spot. Waddle's played left tackle for them before. Um, he's serviceable when he's healthy. Brown, I just don't know enough about him. I haven't seen him with pads on yet, so it's hard for me to project project that. Um, and I, I wouldn't read too much into Win being at guard in off season practices he's going to get i'm pretty sure scar said this he's going to get a chance at left tackle and what the patriots will do is 
they'll switch days. They'll take a look at it. They'll look at the practice film. And if it was good enough, then they'll, they'll continue on or put the guy back in there. So, you know, the thing I love about covering Patriots training camp, and this is why I never, I hardly ever miss a practice because so much inform you can glean so much information from it if you know what to what to pay attention to um is you know the patriots are straight up as opposed to some of the other teams I've covered they're straight up whoever's playing the best whoever earns a job is going to play so it's going to be apparent to all of us watching practices watching the one-on-one pass rushing drills all this stuff you put all that stuff together with the preseason games it's going to be pretty evident who the best five players are and I expect they'll, they'll put them out there Greg, I have a question for you about Malcolm Mitchell. How concerned are you? Well, extremely. I mean, that they let it leak out that he was on the trade market, and then there's been reports about him having another knee procedure. Um, I would say the odds are better that his career is over, um, certainly in New England, than um, than it would be him contributing at any point, which is a shame because – he was. You could make the uh, argument that he was one of the best, considering where he was drafted, one of the best rookie wide receivers ever for them. Um, what he did in the Super Bowl was phenomenal. Um, and uh, he's a good kid. He's a hard worker. It's just, you know, chronic knee problems. And this is not something new. This is the, They knew this when they drafted him out of college, that this was a possibility. Uh, sometimes it works out, like Rob Gronkowski, who – Several teams had off the board because of his back and thought it was a ticking time bomb. That worked out. You know, Malcolm Mitchell and some other guys like Ross I. Dowling and guys like that, uh, um, who's the offensive tack- uh, the defensive tackle um, from Florida that they drafted. Another injury concern didn't work Dominic out. Dominic so, Easley? Yeah, Dominic, Dominic Easley. I mean, sometimes those decisions work out great, like Gronk. Sometimes they don't work out well like some of these other guys. It's just, you know, you roll the dice and make the best decision you can at the time. So, Greg, what do you think is the weakest ahead, side of the ball? Say that again? Offense or defense, what's the weakest side of the ball for the Patriots? Um, you know, that's a good question. I mean, you know, it was almost a no-brainer. I mean, almost always I would have said, the defense, the defense, the defense, after especially where we left off with the Super Bowl. But now that you asked the question of me thinking about it and some of the, you know, look, you got left tackle, you got Edelman suspended. I'm in the middle of writing a story right now about the Patriots and their option route out of the slot and also at running back. Um, You know, that's one of their bread and butter plays. And right now, if they lined up in a game tomorrow, who would you feel comfortable considering Brady wasn't there all offseason and uh, the injuries and departures, Amendola's not there anymore. Who would you feel comfortable with the game on the line executing an option route from the slot? Chris Hogan, maybe? I mean, hopefully somebody else gets there. But, I, you know, even with all those things, at the end of the day, by the end of the season, the offense is going to be humming along. Um, I am worried about them getting off the ball uh, and getting off of press coverage, um, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys will believe this or if you picked up on it. I think I've mentioned it in a couple chats at, at BSJ is that um, I actually I, I was checking on sort of the, you know, when I've sort of monitored the Gronkowski trade situation, you know, I've asked general managers across the league what they 
could get or if they're interested. And I know at least one team thought um, Gronk was a little bit overrated in that um, that he no longer gets separation like he used to, and he actually it's more of Brady's accuracy that is throwing him open these days as opposed to him just beating man coverage. So I, I don't believe that. I think he's still fine at that, and, he, and he's a monster. But if that's true and Edelman doesn't come back 100%, exactly who is beating man press coverage on that offense? But that, that being said, they'll figure it out. They, they will figure out their offense. I am still worried about the defense. I'm worried about – you know, the third down pressure, first down defense was a big issue last year. You think it's going to be better with the additions of Claiborne and Danny Shelton. Who's going to be the Mike? Is it going to be Hightower? Is it going to be Roberts? How is how is linebacker all going to be hashed out? Um, you know, who's going to be the cornerback opposite Gilmore? And who's going to be the nickelback? Those are the bigger concerns that I have with this team and the one that can continue to cause them problems um, like this past year, the the further they advance in the playoffs. Greg, I mean, I got to ask you this too. I think not enough light is being put on the loss of Danny Amendola, and it really feels like they didn't even really try to retain him. And you see, because he's obviously very spiteful about that. We heard him with Mike Reese of ESPN, and then we heard him last week on Barstool's podcast. Uh, so it's like. All of your big wins in recent years, the playoff game with Baltimore, both Super Bowls, the AFC Championship game last year, and even though you lost the Super Bowl last year, he was still a huge part of it. He has been huge in all of those games. He's got, you know, five-plus receptions, a touchdown late, and over 100 yards. It's like, as irrelevant as he can be in the regular season, there's going to be a third and long in the playoffs that's going to fall incomplete. How big of a loss do you think Amadola is going to be? Um... You know, I think I think it's going to be big, but you know, you got to look at it from this perspective. I mean, he was a really good fourth, fifth wide receiver to have around. You know, if you had injuries, um, he's not a guy who is capable of, you know, a hundred catches in a season, starting all sixteen games, taking that beating in the slot. So, I don't fault the Patriots for you know, basically saying like, you know, we're not going to pay you, you know, third wide receiver money or even starting wide receiver money. Uh, I just, I, you can't count on him. I mean, he's fine if he, if he's a backup and then he has to go in and play six games or the postseason, that's fine. You know, he was money, but at some point those guys price themselves out and you have to, you have to decide, are we going to pay to retain that, that security blanket? What's the cost? I, I don't mind the Patriots, making that decision. I don't mind Amendola saying, like, I'm done with making uh, taking pay cuts. Uh, I only have a year or two left. I'm going to get my money before I retire. Um, but, you know, there's no question they're going to, you know, miss him. I just – it's it's going to come down to how healthy are they. Is Edelman, you know, a 12-game receiver plus the postseason? Can Kenny Britt stay healthy? Can Jordan Matthews stay healthy? He was hurt – all of last year, um, there are a lot of injury concerns, and so it's gonna it's gonna impress upon the depth. Now, can guys like Braxton Berrios and Riley McCarron um, and those type of guys sort of, and, and you know Philip Dorsett, can those guys step up and, and fill that role? Um, we're gonna have to see. But it's you know there was Danny was one of the best security blankets in the league. 
but sometimes those blankets become a little bit too expensive. Greg, do you believe Danny Etling will... Go ahead, Cam. Sorry, Matt. I just want to... uh, Greg, do you believe Danny Etling will make the team and will Bill Belichick carry three quarterbacks? Mm, He's going to have to prove it on the field. Um, I was very encouraged what I saw in the uh, preseason, the offseason workouts. Um, You could certainly see why they took a chance on him. He's got everything that you're looking for, size, footwork, mechanics. He's got a very quick release. He throws an extremely tight spiral. Um, But I need to see how he does when the bullets are flying because that's ultimately determines whether you're an NFL quarterback or not. You know, can you you fit the ball in a tight window? Can you see the bullets coming and hang in the pocket and get rid of it? You know, up until this point, we've seen him in his underwear, you know, against guys without pads and, and, and not being able to touch him. Um, you know, if I had to guess right now, uh, I would say that he – I think he's going to make the team. And I think that he is worthwhile to develop. Maybe it's the type of thing where uh, you could sneak him onto the practice squad and develop him there. I think that's the ideal scenario. Um, but – the Patriots are going to have to gauge the situation across the league um, and see whether that's a wise risk or not. Greg, I have a question. Greg, I have a question. Greg, I have a question when it comes to uh, um, just basically overall the Patriots um, rankings in the AFC. If there's one team, one team that can trip up the Patriots as far as stopping them from going to the Super Bowl, what would that team be in your opinion? Uh, in my opinion, there's little doubt that it's the Steelers. I mean, you know, I, I you guys know from listening to me and from reading me, I'm no big fan of Mike Tomlin's. Um, but that is an extremely talented team. There's no doubt about that. And, um, you know, have they drafted the right guys? Have they gotten a little bit more athletic? Have they gotten smarter? Um, you know, I don't know. But, uh, you know, you look at some of the, the preseason rankings and football analytics and stuff like that. You know, I just got the football outsiders. Um, you know, the local group just sent me their, their new book this year, and they have the Patriots are number one with, 10.5 projected wins. Steelers are number two at 10.2. And when it comes to postseason odds, the Steelers have slightly better postseason odds to win the Super Bowl um, than the Patriots. Um, so, uh, and they're ranked first in offense by them, first on defense. Or sorry, sorry, total. They're number one total um, efficiency, offensive efficiency. They're number one, and their defense is better. It's number eight. Um, so I agree with that. I think that the Steelers, if they put it together in the AFC, I think they're they're the clear-cut um, rival to the Patriots this year. And then after that, you know, it's sort of a mixed bag between, you know, the Ravens, the Texans. Um, and, you know, I think, I think you know, you look at the, the Titans and the Jaguars also, I think they're all in the mix. But for me um, – I think it's going to be Patriots and Steelers, um, you know, for at least the next few years. But Dari, what about the what about the Raiders? You're counting John Gruden out, starting out with the Raiders, like Derek Carr coming back healthy, hopefully. And also, what do we, what do you think about the division? Um, 
you know about the you're asking me about the Raiders and and their prospects as far as threatening in the in the AFC with Gruden there. Um, you know, I think they're okay. I mean, I need to see sort of how things come together. Um, you know, a new offense, new defense. Um, certainly, I had I was no great admirer of Jack Del Rio and his defensive scheme. So just about anything is an upgrade. Um, but you know, there's a lot of work to do. Um, there for that team and you know Gruden's been out of it for a while um, usually there's a little bit of an uptick but you know he, he Paul Gunther is his defensive coordinator he used to be with the Bengals and you know they're not exactly uh, you know known for bringing Brady Kryptonite or anything like that so um, certainly some talent there um, the offensive line is really good you know the defense has a chance with Khalil Mack, you know, you always have a chance, but you know, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of problems in the secondary, I think that are just going to, um, probably keep them down in the division. Um, I always think Gase and now getting Tannehill back, even though I'm not a huge fan of Tannehill's, he plays well for Gase. Gase knows how to, um, manage him. And there is some talent there. I think Buffalo, you know, I thought they had the best chance to sort of somewhat threaten the Patriots in the division, and then they upset the apple cart by getting rid of Tyrod Taylor. And now they're, you know, it's all going to be, you know, who's the quarterback and how, how good are they? Um, you know, is it going to be the rookie or not? And we're going to have to see how that plays out. I still think the Jets, they're another tough quarterback situation. Um it, it you know you guys know as well as I do it's all how the quarterback plays and right now all three of those teams are big question marks as far as what we're going to get out of the quarterback position. Greg, let me Greg, ask you one a quick question. question. Matt, I, go I, ahead, I, Cam. I want to get this out. But, uh, Greg, I know you got to get going soon, so I want to ask you this before you leave. Uh, the, obviously, the first big event of the off season happened just days after the Super Bowl. Josh McDaniels at the eleventh hour leaves the Colts at the altar, is brought back by Robert Kraft. Um, And I believe a consensus among people who have opinions on this is there is a very good possibility this is Bill Belichick's last year. I know you can't give out anything you might know, but do you believe this will be Bill Belichick's last year as coach of the Patriots? I do not believe it will be Bill Belichick's um, last season as coach of the Patriots um, unless there's some sort of you know, big X factor with, you know, Kraft getting even more heavily involved and really ticking off Belichick. Um, you know, and the question is, um, is is McDaniels going to stick around? I think that's a big question mark. I know um, some people that I've talked to around the team say that Josh is fully intent on being a head coach next year. It's just a question of where is that? Um, and is Belichick ready to step aside? Does he want to step aside? You know, I think there's a lot of ego at play there. Um, does he want to exit before Brady? Um, or, you know, does he want to turn over the team with, uh, you know, a new quarterback in three or four or five years, whatever it is, and, um, you know, and then step aside? So, I, you know, I, I don't think it's his last year, but I could just easily be wrong. Greg, one last question for me before we let you go, because we know you're busy, and again, we greatly appreciate you coming on. Uh, it means a lot to us. Let, simple question on Bill Belichick. If you could get him in a room, 
hook him up to a lie detector test, ask him one question, and he has to be as transparent as humanly possible. What would that question be? Uh, I think it would have to be considering the current circumstances. Um, it's either, it's one of two questions. Um, what exactly went down with the Garoppolo trade? Um, tell me the sequence of events, um, that led to him being traded was a year decision. And the other thing is, you know, what went on with Malcolm in the Super Bowl and some of your personnel decisions. I mean, cause like, I'm sure you guys read, you know, yes, Malcolm Butler wasn't on the field, um, and people are upset about that. It's also true that I wrote in December that if Malcolm Butler didn't shape up, he was going to get benched. Now, did I think it was going to be in the Super Bowl? No. Um, but I don't think it was it was outlandish that Butler got sat, um, you know, as people make it out. But I also think that, you know, things like, playing Marquise Flowers at defensive end and sub packages um, was just as big a mistake. So I, I really want to know the entire defensive game plan uh, in that Super Bowl because it just it did not seem like a winner from the get-go, and that proved out. Hey, Greg, if you got to get going, um, I know you said you had about a half an hour. It's been about that. Uh, we just want to thank you, uh, everybody who's listening, uh, Boston Sports Journal. It's a great subscription, very cheap, and you get between Greg, Chris Price, uh, Sean McAdam, Brian Robb. Um, Greg, Greg, who's your Bruins writer now? Because I know um, you recently, uh, uh, your old writer recently moved on. Yeah, right now it's Anthony Galizia, who's uh, used to work for the Bruins at one point. He was at the Globe for a long time. Um, you know, we're still deciding what we're doing on the Bruins um, for the season, but. Um, you know, Anthony's a good young reporter, but, um, you know, and he's, he's, uh, he's definitely on top of things, but, you know, like you said, um, between myself, Chris Price, Sean McAdam, Brian Robb, um, you know, in my opinion, it doesn't get a whole lot better than that. And at the price, you know, we're below price, uh, on everybody, um, in the market and, you know, we're open 24 seven and, uh, you know, hopefully people come check us out. Greg, wait till we expect you on Felger and Baz on Tuesdays. Uh, good question, Matt. I talked to Maz today. Um, I know Felger's out some of next week, so it's possible that I, I might make an appearance in studio. Usually our, our Tuesday appearances start uh, the Tuesday before the season opener, um, and uh, and then we go from there. Greg, thank you very much. We greatly appreciate it. Keep up the good work and uh, get ready. This should be a fun season. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much, guys. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, good luck to your pass this season. Greg, Thanks, Greg. Greg. We look forward to talking to you soon, man. But, yeah. So, anyways, Patriot-wise, we're back at it. You know, it's you know, Gregor's bringing up, like, offense, the offensive line sounds like it's pretty jobbed right now. And he was he was wavering offensive defensive, I think, which side of the ball was worse. Like, uh, it's tough. You know, it's definitely tough. Like, our linebacking core is really rugged. That's why you have to take the defense in that, in that scenario. Well, Josh, I'm, I'm going to tell you something right now. 
And this is just, you know, between the three of us here, and particularly Cam was the first one to bring it up. They better get off to a good start because if they drop to 1-2, 1-3, 0-3, heaven forbid, uh, the, the belief's going to hit the fan down in Foxborough. Uh, Matt, that's true. Um, that is, I mean, look, uh, I didn't say this while Greg was here because I know Greg knows things that he can't say. There's nobody more tapped into the Patriots organization that covers that team than Greg Bedard. I mean, he's right up there with Curran Reese. I mean, he's phenomenal. And I just want to say this. The, the defense is solely resting on the health of Dante Hightower. If Dante Hightower misses extended time, because he's going to miss time. We all know that. It's not a man who's going to give you 16 games. He's going to miss time. It's a question of how much. If he is lost for the season again, they're done. Because that, if, if Hightower is in that Super Bowl, I fully believe, never mind Butler, if Hightower is in that Super Bowl, even without Butler, the Patriots win that game. So Dante Hightower's health and Dante Hightower's leadership, if Hightower misses extended time and is not there come the playoffs, they're screwed. It's as simple as that. Well, I'll tell you this right now, and this is the bottom line. I heard some people uh, on Felgrim Mass today talk about that the uh, that this could be like a redemption of the 2016s when Brady was throwing it to guys like Rasheed Carwell and whoever Javon Gaffney or whatever. Well, here's the difference: in 2006, they still have a put, they still had a pretty good defense. You can't say the same about 2018. And, Matt, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And you can see this, the same thing happened in 2013 when they went into the year. That was the year they let Welker go. Amendola gets hurt week one. Uh, that was obviously the year Edelman uh, really broke out into be Brady's uh, binky. But we knew going into that year the offense was going to struggle. Gronkowski missed the start of the year. That was when the whole saga was happening. They didn't put him on the PUP, but they still he still didn't play the first six weeks. And then he got hurt at the end of the year against the Cleveland Browns. And that year you had a good defense. That was the first year that your defense became good. That was when Tlaib was playing well, Gerard Mayo and the linebackers were playing well. Will Fork got hurt early in the year, but the D-line, you know, really was good. Tell off at the end of the year, and then you lost the AFC Championship game to Denver. But even then, you had a good defense. You don't now. We all saw it. You got shredded in the Super Bowl by Nick Foles. Again, if you were to rank the Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks, all 52 of them, I know many quarterbacks have won multiple, but let's say here, I would put safe money that he is somewhere between 48 and 52. I know he, he, he was phenomenal in that game, but we all know that Nick Foles really isn't that good. He was a backup for years, and you got picked apart by that guy. So the defense, it just I, have no, I don't have a lot of confidence in the defense. Belichick, and I, I know they didn't name a defensive coordinator in Patricia's absence, Belichick will probably piece it together, make it look good in the regular season. But when crap's flying in the playoffs, because no matter how bad they're going to be, I think they're going to go at best 11 and five. They'll still win their division because their division still sucks. When crap's all right, flying guys, in the playoffs, give, me, they, give me your final thoughts for the night. All right, go ahead, Cam. You finish, you stop the final thoughts. Uh, my final thought, Josh, Matt, will be this. Um, I hope you all enjoyed last year because I believe that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have played in their final Super Bowl. And I say that not just because of the tension between the two. They're pros. They'll compartmentalize on game day because they know ultimately nothing's more important than winning. And for those three hours on Sundays, they'll be focused. I just I don't believe this roster is talented enough 
that the greatest coach and greatest quarterback of all time can make up the difference. It just like you did not improve your line. The number one need this offseason was linebacker, and you did not improve it. You, you're just hoping you're relying solely on the return of Hightower, who is unreliable health-wise. You don't know who your second corner is. Is it Jason McCourty? Is it Eric Rowe? You don't know. Your D-line is suspect. I mean, Danny Shelton's a good addition. Trey Flowers is going into a contract year that can be good, but as we saw last year with Malcolm Butler, that can be bad. Your O-line, you don't have a left tackle. Your Nate Solder's gone. Shaq Mason's entering a contract year, and he's going to probably be the highest-paid guard in the league next year. Uh, Brady and Gronkowski were only in for a cup of coffee when the mandatory uh, minicamp. The rest of the time, they weren't there. The first four weeks, your top two receivers are Edelman. Excuse me, are without Edelman, are Hogan and Philip Dorsett, and you don't have a second tight end because I think Dwayne Allen's going to get cut. You th- you give this team any other quarterback except maybe Aaron Rodgers. This is a six-win roster. The sheer brilliance of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick will make this a ten or eleven-win roster and win them the division. But they're they're not going anywhere. And I do believe this is Belichick's last year, and I believe next year is Brady's. So it's been a great run. But if you're asking me right now, at the end of July of 2018, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have played in their last Super Bowl. All right. My final thought, we're going to kind of go on the lighter side of things and uh, talk about a former NFL player for the Patriots that has a new assignment. So for those of you who have seen it or heard it by now, Bob Nikovich has traded in his NFL playing career for a sidelines reporter. The news broke earlier this week that Bob Sosie and Scott Solak will have a third man broadcasting games on the sideline during the radio broadcast, none other than Rob Nikovich. And the only thing I have to say about that is that is very, very good stuff and a very good hire for 98.5 The Sports Hub to have Rob Nikovich on the sideline because we all know that Nikovich has been in the trenches for the last several years, and I expect it to be a really good job that he will do for 98.5 The Sports Hub as the sideline reporter. And also one other thing, if you notice this year, not only will they be doing the radio, but during the preseason – they will also be on the TV tube as well. So just a little heads up for all you people out there. Thank God. Whatever gets me whatever gets me less Matt Chatham, I'm happy with. Thank God for that. Um, yeah. uh, Josh, great, great talking to you tonight, buddy. Uh, we'll talk to you Wednesday. All right. Good night, everyone. Cam, keep me in touch with your mom. Thanks, man. Uh, thanks, Matt. I appreciate everything. Josh, guys, have a good night, and we'll talk to you Wednesday. Good night, all. All right. All right, they're out of here. I guess I'm going to leave you with my final thought. Um, I would just say that, you know, I, I really appreciated Bedard joining us tonight, and I think he had great football insight. Always does. Follow him on the Boston Sports, Boston Sports Journal. Like, he has a big timer. He does it really well. Been, it's been great talking to him. It's been great talking to everyone. Hope you guys enjoy this one. Have a good night, everybody. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.